Hey there, welcome to the Harriman Audio Journal, a podcast from the City Journals. I'm your host, Justin Adams. Hello, welcome to this week's podcast. Uh, today, our guest is uh, Catherine Vute. Did I pronounce that? You correctly? did. Yes. Oh, it's on your website. Yes, I put it up there because people do have a question about how to pronounce my last name. Perfect. Uh, Catherine is uh, running for Utah House District 52. Uh, the bulk of which uh, includes uh, Harriman City. Um, so this week we're bringing you a double header of episodes uh, with both candidates so you can get to know them a little bit better uh, so you can make a better informed choice as a voter this election season. Uh, so thanks for being for uh, being here. Catherine. Well, thank you so much for having me. I you know love to talk about just everything about Harriman um, and my District 52 and trying to make a difference in the Utah legislature. So thanks for awesome. having me. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, to start off with, can you just tell voters a little bit about who you are, your background, where you're from, things like that? Yeah, I was originally born in Bountiful, Utah. So I've lived yeah. here almost my entire life. I did spend some time in Reno, Nevada when I went to UNR for my um, master's of accountancy program. But for the most part, I have lived here in Utah. Um, and then in 2001, I moved to Harriman. So 19 years. That's um, a long time. Yeah, a long time. And I've seen it grow from 5,000 people to 62,000 people. And I'm very familiar with the area. And I, I think it's just a great location to live. We chose it because it was between two valleys, you know, Utah County and Salt Lake County. Mm -hmm. So we chose the area to live in because we had kids, you know, living in both in both districts, um, in, in county and Utah County and up in Ogden. So my background, my professional background is um, I have a bachelor's degree in accounting. I've been in the industry. Uh, for over 20 years. I started out in the Ogden Service Center and have went out to public accounting, so my background is all in the finance, accounting, and tax. So I think that brings a good flavor to the legislature, especially when we talk about tax reform and where we want to head with that and ensuring that we have a proper funding for uh, all of government that we have here in Utah and especially our education. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what about uh, background in uh, politics or civic engagement? What kind of uh, experience do you have with either of those? So awesome question. So I have been in the corporate world for years and years and years mm -hmm. and really haven't been engaged in any kind of political venue at all. This is my first run for office. Um, I have been only involved in like the city level um, through Healthy Harriman, mm -hmm. and then involved with the school district for some of the suicide prevention programs that they have there. So my interest in politics really came from, from my son passed away in 2017. He died by suicide, and mm -hmm. after that I really became involved with what is it that we can do for suicide prevention, and I l have learned a lot from the last three years since he passed away. And it was one of the reasons why I thought that I might lend a good, be a good candidate for office because I do have a vested interest in seeing how we can reduce suicide rates here in Utah. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's important that, you know, to think about political experiences being more than just running for office. You know, it's a whole umbrella of things um, under kind of civic engagement, I think is a better term than just political experience. So it sounds like you are very active in the community. 
uh, with, you know, what you said. Yeah, so I would have to say I've spent a lot of time involved um, with the Utah Coalition for Suicide Prevention. I have regularly attended those meetings for the past three years. I think it's important to understand suicide, and I, as part of my experience with suicide and my loss, I really wanted to be able to really understand it to see how I could make a difference. Mm -hmm. So I started out with that. I've also been involved with the curriculum program with the um, with the Utah Board of Education. Mm -hmm. They have a volunteer program there where people can get involved and look at curriculum as it's being improved um, and then disseminated out to schools, especially since uh, we have a core curriculum that's required and the Utah core curriculum for health and wellness had not been updated for 20 years. Mm -hmm. 20 years, that's 20 years of us not providing in the classroom what is currently um, curriculum that we really need to put into the classroom and teachers can use current curriculum to support the, the core curriculum standards. Okay. Um, I know this kind of isn't this isn't the main focus of this episode, but um, kind of since you brought it up, I know suicide is a very um, um, it's something that's been a a big part of Harriman's his, recent history uh, with the string of suicides at Harriman High School, unfortunately. Um, have you seen progress in the last few years as you've been involved in that issue? Um, or do you think there's, obviously there's always going to be more work to be done, but what progress have you seen already? Well, I think from, if you look just at the, the statistics, Mm -hmm. Utah has remained flat for the for the last three years, which is oh, yeah. which is good. So I will I will give kudos to those programs that they've tried to put in place. I think from the Jordan School District, uh, one of the things is I went initially after my son passed away and went and talked to the Jordan School District about what were they doing for suicide prevention because it was required as part of the district to be providing information to parents for suicide prevention um, as part of the state legislator, legislature had mandated that. And what I found is, and at least initially in 2018 when I had talked to the school, Harriman, which is where Chandler went to school, and he was the first of this cluster of suicides okay. that happened out there, uh, was that that attention seemed to be um, pushed from the district and the school out to the city and not really being owned by any kind of adults in the room. And I felt like we could just do, do a lot better job as it, as it pertains to suicide prevention. So I, when I talked to the district, one of the things they did was they hired a health and wellness coordinator, and uh, then they applied for a SAMHSA grant. And as part of the SAMHSA grant, uh, you get a bunch of, of, of things that you need to do. One of them is testing, uh, just mental wellness, to being able to provide staffing as it pertains to mental illness, mental wellness, and anti-bullying programs. And I think as part of that initiative that SAMHSA has, we're gonna get some good data as to what we can do mm -hmm. to really help our students because we know from our SHARP survey that today our students are are sadder than ever before, have more anxiety than ever before, have contemplated suicide more than ever before, and it's really us 
as adults to be able to bring those programs into the school and to be able to give kids real tools that they can live with and take out their entire rest of their life. And I think we as a legislator and as Utah have interest in providing those pervasive services. And that can't just come from one SAMHSA grant. What it needs to do is be translated throughout the state if we're really gonna make a difference culturally and long-term in the state of Utah to address mental illness and suicide. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I stand on okay. the suicide prevention issue. Yeah. All right. Um, so how did you kind of go from being involved in some of these issues and participating in local things like Healthy Harriman to saying, you know what, I want to run for uh, the Utah House? It was actually back in March of this last year, and I wanted to make sure that we had sufficient resources within our school system in order to do that. And I also, in doing all of this research related to suicide, I realized that like our, our weighted pupil unit, we are number 50th in the nation related to, to classroom funding. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we tout ourselves about our business environment and how well we're doing, yet we haven't moved the needle when it comes to that. And I really felt that that was really important. So I went to the Democratic Party um, I've not been involved in, in politics, and I really want to help people, and I really want to get the right resources for Harriman, for my district, for the state, and no one was running out in District 52. And mm -hmm. I do believe, as a person who lives in America, that you should have alternatives mm -hmm. to be able to evaluate the candidates and vote for people who are qualified and that feel like they can make a difference in the legislature. So I come from... A, a conservative career standpoint mm -hmm. when it comes to being, I'm a physical conservative. I say we only have a limited about a, amount of money, but we need to be able to spend that wisely. Mm -hmm. And and when the Democrats didn't have someone running, I said, you know what, I'll throw my name in the hat and I will do my very best to earn people's votes. Mm -hmm. That is, I understand my district, I understand we're conservative out there, as has been pointed out from many people, I don't mm -hmm. have, you know, I don't have stand a chance. But I really think if you provide good candidates to people and you evaluate where they've been in life and what they can do and what they've done in the past, that they can really provide a benefit to the legislature. Mm -hmm. So that's how I got involved in running oh, yeah. for office. <laughs> yeah. Um, since you mentioned it, I looked it up, and District 52 has been won by Republicans by at least 30 points every election. So knowing sure. that, kind of what's been your strategy of, you know, in going about this campaign? Sure. Um, John Notwell, I voted for him, mm -hmm. to be quite frank. I have yeah. voted for him in the past. I felt that he was the best candidate, and I had voted for him. So... I come from a place of looking at all the candidates that are on my ballot, trying to sit down with my ballot every time I vote, and really pick the best candidate. And 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 when I, as part of that, in that scenario, I hope that a lot of people do the same thing. That from my approach to my, to my run for office, it really was, I want to, to go to the legislature to represent issues and a voice for Harriman and Riverton and South Jordan, the people that live there and that I know and that are, are, have a lot of the same interests that I do 
and be able to provide opinions on legislation and, and promote legislation that benefits all of us out in South Valley. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to look at all of the issues that I really wanted to run with, I decided that there were really four things that I wanted to do. I wanted to talk about access to affordable health care and mental health parity and making sure people get the services they need at an affordable price. I, in the midst of all of this, my husband and I, we were not working. We had had a time where we thought we needed to take some time off after Chandler passed away. Mm -hmm. And we went to go to apply for um, affordable care. And we had been on COBRA before, and it was $1,200 a month. I was like, this is crap, $14,000 to buy insurance and I don't even have any service. Mm-hmm. And then I go to buy you know, a prescription medication that I have for asthma and it's $400 with a coupon. I'm like, this is crazy. We yeah. really need to address that. So that was one area that I thought I would focus on. Uh, the next one was education, kind of like I've talked about, is really making sure that we can move that weighted pupil unit. The next thing that I thought about was really, like, we have grown crazy out in Harriman. Like, this is, like, amazingly so. And we don't have the infrastructure. It takes us 30 minutes to go from Bangor down to Mountain View Corridor. Mm -hmm. It's like, we need to talk about how do we pay for that infrastructure. We got the greatest bond rate, Utah does, like, in the States. It's like, we need to leverage that and get this infrastructure put into place. It only will cost us more later, so Mm -hmm. we need to do that today. And last is air quality. I mean, as I mentioned, I have a little asthma issue, and that comes up every time we have an inversion, or or this week from all the smoke that we've had. It's been bad And you suffer, you suffer related to that. It's like, what can we really do? And in researching that issue, a couple of things come up as we know that it comes from tailpipes. We know that. So back to the infrastructure. Let's get the transportation infrastructure in place to where we can move a lot of people to where we need to go. And, you know, put in tier three gas everywhere. I want to be able to buy it. So so those are kind of the four areas where I really felt that um, I could stand up and say we need to do something. Mm -hmm. And I hope that resonates with people when they're talking about, you know, who they want to send to the legislature. Yeah. Um, I know for sure that the one about infrastructure, well, because I know people in Harriman do not love their commute sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like crazy 30 to 40 minutes yeah. just to get to the freeway, let alone if you have to go downtown or you have to go mm-hmm. down to Utah County. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really never used to be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has your uh, first uh, political campaign been like? Um, and I assume it's been very different than how it normally would be because <laughs> yeah, of COVID. Sure. I mean, can you can you knock on doors right now, or is that I'm not. Yeah. I chose not to for a couple different reasons. I think it's unknown as to who I'm talking to that might, you know, be susceptible to right. something. I do not want to get anyone sick. I don't. I I would feel so like to me. I would feel so bad related to that. And on the converse, because I have asthma and because my husband has some other medical conditions, I don't want to contract it myself. So I try to be really careful about that. So originally, I thought we were all going to go to Harriman Town Days and we were going to mm-hmm. have fun at the parade. Yeah, you don't have those community you events either to be present that. at and be yeah, visible. Yeah, it's really, yeah, you're just not visible. So I said, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work on social media. So primarily all from April up until 
till now. Um, it's all been really on social media. I've done one other podcast uh, that's been published. So if you are researching me, you can see a variety of different um, things that are out there that you can look at my background. So I like to engage on social media. I give my opinions about things, either on Facebook or on Twitter, and have had good conversations and good ideas related to that, and I'm doing some mailers. But honestly, I'd really like to meet everyone. I just, this is a time where I think it's really important that we think about our health has to come first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick uh, commercial break, and then we'll be back with a few more questions for Catherine. Hey, do you own a business in Harriman? Would you like more customers from the Harriman area? Consider advertising on the Harriman Audio Journal. This advertising slot could be yours. You could be reaching some of our community's most active, plugged-in, community-oriented residents. You know, the kind of people who make Facebook posts about supporting local businesses, and spread word of mouth to their friends. If that sounds like the kind of customer you'd like to reach, then give us a call at 385-557-1010. Again, that's 385-557-1010. All right, I wanna ask you a couple questions. I'm gonna ask the exact same questions um, to your opponent. And so it'll be almost like a, a debate, if you will, just you can, Answer it however you want. Okay. And voters can compare both your answers. So what do you think is the biggest challenge that the Harriman community is facing right now? And what would you, as a state representative, do to try to combat that? I think the biggest challenge that we have right now is getting our proper infrastructure. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say that is because, like I mentioned earlier, there's a 30-minute commute down to Bangor, And I think that because if you've ever been in traffic you know how stressful it is. That stress then puts stress on your family. And people, when they go out to Harriman, when they make it home, they, they, that's where they want to, they stay there. They don't go out and we only have one mental health provider locally. So it takes a long time for us to get into services. We still then have to commute to go to the hospital or we have to commute to, to other services that aren't readily available around Harriman. So I think if you could deal with some of the infrastructure and get a plan in place for that, then we can deal with mental health and mental health services because we need to have better access. Okay. Um, if you were the state representative, you would be representing Harriman, but you would also be helping to pass laws that would affect the whole state. Uh, so going more broad to the state level, what is one issue that you would um, be excited to tackle as a state representative? I really would like to tackle our tax policies. Mm -hmm. I really would. I think I have a great background for that. I understand how the implication of tax is on families and on businesses. And I think that we need to look at what we're spending our money on. So I think that would be a good challenge for me. I've been in the corporate world for so long that I think having a different perspective in, in the public arena and how Utah spends its money would be really very interesting. Mm -hmm. I really don't like it when we obligate funds to let's say someone who is in California with a defunct company, $58 million for that, are we spending our money wisely? Because we really need to focus on what the real outcomes that we want here in the state of Utah. 
So that would be something for me personally that I would really look forward to. And that also means that I can tackle some of the things I think are very important, which is you know, education funding. I don't like Amendment G. I don't like the fact that we are going to strip almost between anywhere estimates 660 million to 680 million out of education. I think we can do better. And I think it takes, it's hard, but we can do this. And we don't have to like overly burden our constituents related to tax dollars. We just need to say we can bring in money and we can spend it wisely and we do that well. And we need to tackle, um, we are a public lands state. We need to tackle how the federal government pays us for our public lands. We have been underpaid for years and years and years, and that needs to be addressed and tackled. So, All right. yeah, <laughs> I can see, you can see I kind of go like, once I get started, it's like, I really am passionate about making a difference. Yeah. I really am, yeah. And uh, last question. Um, two parts. First, how would you grade the state's response to COVID-19 so far? And second part, if elected, how would you try to shape um, the state's response going forward from a state legislator perspective? You know, I think it's a hard job. I think there, there are things that we didn't know at the beginning. Right. And we had to make decisions related to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the government's job is to make those hard decisions. And I think whichever side that you take, you're going to get criticized for. For I, sure. I really believe that. One of the benefits we have is we happen to be a quite rural state. Mm -hmm. So the people that are obviously being impacted the most are those in the urban areas, including Salt Lake and Summit County and now Provo. I think we have to say that health is the first thing that we need to address. Mm -hmm. And I think having masks is a very important. And I think when you mandate masks, where it needs to be mandated, that's the right answer. Because it shows how important the health issue is. And it allows businesses to be able to require masks, which helps decrease the spread of COVID. I think it's, it's also hard because when you're criticized as a politician, such as Aaron Mendenhall has been criticized, you have to take a stand because you do believe it is important for the wealth, the health of your, of mm -hmm. your constituency, of who you represent, and and I think that there's a lot to be shown for the people that will will stand up and 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 say we need to have a mass mandate. When I approached Harriman City related to it, they just wanted to talk about a right to assemble, and I'm like, wait a second, I. I truly believe that government has a role here. We mandate a bunch of different things, such as drunk driving, which prevents someone, tells someone that they shouldn't be driving under the influence. And right. I think we should tell people that they need to wear a mask and we need to, to all be consistent related to that because what, it, what the end result is, you have an, an economy that will stay open, businesses will stay open, and you will have kids that will be able to go back to school and they can stay in school. But if you just allow the spread to to be pervasive all you're going to do is overload everything that we have and everybody's going to be sick and people can't go to work they can't go to school so i think a mass mandate is important in those areas mm -hmm. um going forward uh i think that we are going to not be fully employed for a while i think our unemployment numbers are going to be up there i listened in on a couple of the committees that the legislature had, especially as it had to do with workforce services. 
That is going to be an issue through 2021. We will not be fully employed like we were pre-COVID um, for a while. And that is just, that's the, that is reality that we have here. And we're losing small business. We're losing them. It's so unfortunate that at the federal level, they can't come up with a good relief package that can help these small businesses. I mean, the Greek place in, in Riverton's gone. I mean, that, I mean, those small businesses, they're suffering and we will lose more if we don't have the right help. And our public health system is, can be burdened. I mean, we have a lot of things we need to do. Right now we're contact tracing and telling people that, you know, they need to self quarantine. So let's just start with that. We need to fund staffing for that. What about vaccines when we do have them? How do we get them out in the most rapid way that we can? Well, that means we have to fund public health. We don't have another way um, to be able to distribute that in a, in, a, in, a, in a timely manner when it is available next year. So I think there's a lot that the legislature can do if they understand and recognize these risks and make sure that we have those programs properly funded. All right. Uh, to wrap things up, can you give voters a 30-second pitch on why they should vote for you, as well as tell them where they can find you online? Absolutely. So my name is Catherine Vute, as, as you've indicated. And the reason why you should vote for me is because I have a great background. I'm interested in our community. I love Utah. I love living here. And I love the people that live here. And I really want to make a difference in the legislature and work on issues that are important to both myself and to my constituency. I would love to hear from you, so you can um, you can get a hold of me by visiting my website at www.vute that's v o u t a z 2020.com. Awesome. Right. Well, uh, thanks for coming on the program today. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been it, it's fun to talk talk in person too. That's even yeah, better. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Harriman Audio Journal. To stay up to date on all things Harriman, follow the Harriman Journal on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have an idea for a guest we should have on the show, send us a message. 